Moines. That's Lily. And that's Crystal. And we are... The Morning Report. The Morning Report. I, that was a... Uh, is everybody okay? That's towards you, Leo. What did you do? That was <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey, this is the morning report. Crash, somebody. What just happened? No, this is going to be an anomaly. All right. All right. It is what it is. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be the, the unknown. It's going, to get, it's going to get a couple callbacks. Don't you worry. Okay. Well, hello, mourners. Uh, yeah, hey, Lily. Hi, darling. <laughs> um, I I don't know what to talk about before the episode. That's the one that bad thing about doing multiple episodes in one night. We like lose what we need to talk about. I know. So I don't know. Let's just jump in. Just read me All your right. news story. <laughs> All right. So this is from April sixth, which was Thursday. Ooh. Okay last yeah, whenever I don't know whenever this airs it was April 6th yeah <laughs> <laughs> um thieves tunnel through coffee shop wall to steal five hundred thousand dollars in iPhones from Washington Apple store wow tunneled through a fucking wall wow uh okie dokie an Apple store at the Alderwood Alderwood Mall was burgled last week when thieves infiltrated. <laughs> I love that word. Is that not a great word? <laughs> burgled. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's the show. That's a great word. So the thieves infiltrated the location through a nearby coffee shop. According to Seattle's King 5 News, thieves broke into the Seattle coffee gear, went into the bathroom, and cut a hole in the wall to get to the Apple Store back room. What did they use to cut the wall? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't gotten there yet, if they tell me. <laughs> okay. So they were able to bypass the Apple Store security system by using the adjacent coffee shop, stealing a total of 436 iPhones Damn. that were worth around $500,000. Damn. Okay. According to the Seattle Coffee Gear Manager, the coffee shop is not noticeably adjacent to the Apple Store because <laughs> of the way that the store is laid out. I would have never suspected we were adjacent to the Apple Store, how it wraps around, I mean. So someone really had to think it out and have access to the mall layout. And I am posting a picture. Okay. Maybe if I can find the right <laughs> button. There we go. Um, police were able to obtain surveillance footage of the theft, but as it is part of an active investigation, it has not yet been released. Nothing was stolen from the coffee shop, but it will cost $1,500 to replace locks and repair the bathroom wall. That's a giant hole. Damn. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a person 
We'll post this picture up on our socials, but like, yeah, you, it, it's a person-sized hole. They could have at least put the seat down. That's all I have to say about that. Well, you're right. They just left it up. <laughs> so no employees were at the Apple store when the theft happened. Um, as the mall had closed for the night. An Alderwood Mall spokesperson said they were working with the police to solve the incident, but Apple has not yet commented. Okay, that's a lot of dollars and a lot of damage. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that. There you go. That's a, I, I'm not really sure what to say. I mean, like, that's kind of impressive, but I also don't want to say, like, stealing all that stuff is impressive. <laughs> but it's kind of impressive. Like, same with the freaking eggs last time. Like, I don't really condone stealing a semi-truck worth of Cadbury eggs, but it's kind of impressive that you did it. <laughs> right? So it looks like they used maybe just, like, a handsaw or some sort of electric saw because that's a pretty straight line but I mean the owner of the coffee shop was like I didn't know we were next to the Apple store right so like it had to be an inside job somebody had access to floor plans right Right? they'll probably find them that's a lot of dollars yes of iPhones. Like of Apple, iPhones, right? Apple's gonna be all up in somebody's business in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have an interesting story for you. And I remember hearing about I don't remember where I heard about it, but I remember hearing the story and thinking, wow, this is kind of incredible, and asking one of our researchers to write it for us. <laughs> Leo, I'm pretty sure you wrote this story. Thank you so much for writing this. I thought it was really freaking cool. I want to talk about it. So this story is about a one and a half year old girl who was kidnapped almost 52 years ago. And her name is Melissa Highsmith. See, I don't like little baby things. I don't like it. Okay. But just, just bear with me. This is a really, it's okay. Just bear with me. Bear with me. So here's the backstory. Melissa's parents, Alta Appentenko and Jeffrey Highsmith, married in 1968 when Jeff was 17 and Alta was 18. Get it, girl. (laughs) Alta's mother had 12 children. 12 children. At some point, she couldn't take care of all of them, so her mother gave her six youngest up for adoption, including Alta, who was only two years old. Alta spent 16 years in the orphanage. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Oh, it's rough, though. <laughs> Jeffrey and Alta had their daughter, Melissa, on November 6, 1969, in Fort Worth, Texas. After a few months, they moved to Illinois, but soon after, the marriage was on the rocks. Alta was mad, sad, and stressed all the time, according to Jeffrey, but Jeffrey was cheating on Alta. So, of course, she was fucking mad and sad and stressed out all the time. Her husband's cheating on her. So they divorced, and Alta and Melissa moved back to Fort Worth to live with a family member. After a little while, this wasn't working out, so they moved in with a woman who Alta grew up with at the orphanage named Carol. Carol had a son about the same age as Melissa, and they were all living together at the Spanish Gate Apartments at Fort Worth. 
Jeffrey wasn't sending any money to take care of Melissa, and Alta was struggling financially. And with the stress of being a single mom, not sure if Alta didn't have a job when she was living with the family or not, but at this point, she didn't have a job. She was able to land a job not too long after moving in, and so she started putting ads out in the newspaper and around the apartment complex for a babysitter. Okay, so at this point in the story, we are at August 18th, 1971. Alta got a promising call from a potential babysitter pretty quickly. She set up a meeting to interview her, but the woman didn't show up. The woman ended up calling Alta saying she really wanted the job and she had a bunch of kids and a big backyard to play in. Alta didn't want to take any more time off work to figure something out, so Alta said yes to the babysitter without ever meeting her. That's your first mistake. Yeah, that sounds like a big no-no. She set it up where the babysitter would come pick Melissa up the next morning from her roommate, Carol, when Alta would already be at work. So you didn't meet the lady, and then you're just letting her pick up your child when you're not there. I understand being a single mother sucks. I was a, I was a, I was a by myself parent while Steve was deployed a bunch and it sucked. Yeah. It's hard. So I can't imagine him like not being there at all, but still <laughs> to just let, I mean, somebody you've never even met. No judgment. Any listeners. Just that sounds are like a parents. terrible idea. You got to do what you got to do, but still <laughs> be safe. Okay. The next day, August 23rd, Carol was having a rough morning after going out drinking the night before. The babysitter named Ruth Johnson showed up. Ruth offered to babysit Carol's son, too, but Carol wasn't digging the vibe, so Carol said no thanks. Carol got the red flags. Right? Not sure why she didn't relay that feeling to not sending Melissa to the babysitter, but maybe she thought it wasn't her place to make decisions for Alta. Anyway, Melissa was sent off with Ruth, who said they'd be back later with Melissa. Carol laid down on the couch, though Carol said the uneasy feeling made her jump up when the babysitter's car started. She ran outside, but the babysitter had already driven away. I already feel bad for Carol, and it's not even her kid. Like, <laughs> Alta came home from work and was expecting Melissa back between 5 and 6 p.m. It was after 6 p.m. came and went that Alta realized she didn't have the phone number or an address for the babysitter. What? Oh, right. Just, oh, my gosh. Just nothing. Why is there nothing? This ends happy, though, right? Maybe. We'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. She called the police by 8 p.m. when Melissa still wasn't home, but they didn't follow up with her until the following day. They questioned both her and Carol. Carol described the babysitter as a woman wearing a dress, glasses, white gloves, and a bonnet, and that she looked masculine. Some sources say she was wearing a scarf, too, in Texas at the height of summer. So all of that sounds like, okay, if she's in glasses and gloves and a bonnet to cover her hair and kind of shade her face, like, you're sketch. kind of trying to hide, maybe? I wouldn't feel that vibe either. Some, oh, yeah. So, uh, and she's wearing the scarf in Texas in the middle of summer. So, like, why? Okay, it's hot. So, we have gloves, we have glasses, we have a bonnet, we have a dress. And all of these things can be used to hide anybody's features. So, somebody's trying to kidnap somebody and hide, not be identified again. Like, yeah. Also, let Jeffrey know that Melissa had been kidnapped, but Jeffrey didn't believe her at first. Jeffrey's a high-class dad, let me tell you. (laughs) High class. 
He thought maybe she was just trying to trick him into getting back with her. Ugh, okay. But he was visited by the FBI, which gave him reason to believe Melissa was really missing. The FBI didn't find any indication that Jeffrey had anything to do with Melissa's kidnapping, and Jeffrey was shocked once he came around to actually believing it was real, and then he was ready to help find his daughter. So fast forward a couple years, and Melissa hasn't been found. Alta and Jeffrey are heartbroken over it. Maybe it was a trauma bond thing, but they ended up getting back together and having four more kids. Jeffrey and Alta didn't talk about Melissa right away with their children, waiting until their next oldest was about 10. Alta was so depressed over Melissa being taken that she almost started talking, stopped talking about her at all. She blamed herself for what happened and not getting the info she needed about the babysitter. And of course, Alta had been under scrutiny herself over whether she had something to do with Melissa's disappearance. Over the years, the case went cold, but Jeffrey and Alta searched. Once the children were old enough, the kids joined the search too. I have no words. I have no words. Okay, so we're going to fast forward some more into the 2000s. Alta and Jeffrey divorced again in 2002, and their, and their children were now spearheading this search. They got all the info out on social media once that it was a thing, and doing interviews, and recently going on podcasts even to get the word out. A tip came in from a woman named Sandra who had listened to one such podcast saying that she believed Melissa was her cousin. Sandra's aunt was married to this dude named Oscar. Sandra knew that Oscar had lived in Fort Worth in August of 1971. He worked at a bar that Carol and Alta frequented, and he lived at the Spanish Gate Apartments, so he possibly saw the ad that Alta put up around the apartments. Sandra said that Oscar has two daughters, one that he is admitted to illegally adopting, and the other daughter named Becky, who has no actual records of being born. Becky has a birthmark resembling the one that Melissa has on her lower neck in the same spot. According to Becky, she also believes that Oscar isn't a real father and has questions about her early life. She thinks she resembles the Highsmith siblings and Melissa's age progression photos. Then to top it off, Sandra said she stayed with her aunt and Oscar for a time and there would be babies and toddlers who would stay for, stay with them for one to two days every weekend and different babies each time. Oscar's explanation was that they were just babysitting. Sandra and Becky said Oscar seemed to have more money than a bartender might make and that he looked like the composite sketch of the, the composite sketch of the kidnapper. This is sounding really fishy. Both Sandra and Becky would come to be very convinced that Becky was Melissa. And so you would think this is a very promising lead, right? Well, so far, nothing has come of it. And then Leo says, note, I couldn't find whether any of these people were actually real or just a story made up by Sandra. So now at this point, we're all the way back at square one. But then a tip came in that reignited the national coverage of the story. In September of last year, so 2022, someone said that they thought that they had seen a woman who looked like Melissa in Charleston, South Carolina. It but all comes back. This tip turned out to be a dead end. This attracted the attention of a clinical lab scientist and amateur genealogist named Lisa Jo Scheel. On Melissa's birthday, November 6th, Alta and Jeffrey were led by S.H.I.E.L.D. to submit their DNA to 23andMe. 
Within weeks, Jeffrey and Alta matched with three people in their 30s, and by process of elimination, they figured out that these people must be Melissa's children. What? Right? Through these children, they were able to track down their mother, a woman named Melanie Brown. Jeffrey sent a message to Melanie on Facebook Messenger saying, I've been looking for my... Sorry. Are you... If you start, I'm going to start, and I don't want to. I've been looking for my daughter for 51 years. At first, Melanie thought she was being scammed, and really, who wouldn't think that? She told him she would pray for him, but she wasn't his daughter. But then he brought up her children's names, which made her wonder. She compared the baby photos she had with the missing persons poster, which she had to admit looked very similar. Eventually, Melanie messaged the woman who had raised her and asked her if there was anything she needed to tell Melanie. The woman confessed that she bought Melanie off the street for $500. And that she knew she was baby Melissa all along. The really crazy part is that Melanie and Alta were living in Fort Worth only 17 minutes apart from each other. And that Melanie had lived in Fort Worth for most of her life. As a mother, I would die. I would die knowing that my child that had been missing for that long was literally down the street. Right. 17 minutes. The woman who raised Melanie is named Patricia Sugar Lewis and lives near Kansas City, Missouri. Melanie believes that she was the one who kidnapped her. She doesn't want Patricia to go to jail, but does want her to come forward and apologize. The statute of limitations for kidnapping in Texas is 20 years after the child's 18th birthday, so no one will be tried by the state of Texas. But there isn't any statute on the federal level, so someone in Missouri might have already had a visit from the FBI. Fort Worth police are still working the case as well. So Melanie's life has been tough. She grew up with a mother who Melanie felt didn't love her and was sexually abused by her stepfather. She was told by her mother that she was mentally challenged all of her life and was even put in special education classes, even though the teachers knew she didn't need them. By 15, she had run away from home. She married her high school sweetheart, and they tried to make a living off and on the streets. Melanie was arrested for sex work a few times and had three children by the time she was 19, which were taken away from her and put up for adoption. She left her first husband, worked bartending, waitressing, and house cleaning jobs, and would marry again three times over the next 30 years. Over this last Thanksgiving, a reunion was planned and Melanie met her family. It was the first time that Alta and Jeffrey had seen their daughter in over 51 years. She met the siblings she wasn't aware of. Oh, crying again. <laughs> She met the siblings she weren't aware for searching for her for all of these years. Melanie is changing her name back to Melissa and now wants to have a wedding to renew her marriage vows because she'll finally have her dad walk her down the aisle. So this is just a cry fest now. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. That's, 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 that's awful and good and awful. <laughs> and amazing. Oh, oh, isn't it, but isn't that amazing? We've said it once, <sighs> but please just get your DNA out there. Please just do it. Get tested. Get tested. Just <sighs> 
Find out, like you never know what you're gonna find. Oh, you're never you never know what you're gonna help somebody else find. Right. Because like yep. her kids, Ugh. like that put their DNA in the database database had no idea. Nope. And but they, because they did, they found her. 51 years. That's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> so I told you, just bear with me. It's a really freaking cool story. I didn't know I was going to cry about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Made everybody cry. But, but it's a really cool story. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try really hard not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to look somewhere else. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Oh, my God. That's what God. I got. That's what I got. That's all I got. Wow. Okay. That was good. Yeah. Poor Melissa. Oh, I know. What a life. Her parents, her brothers and sisters. God damn. Just, ugh. At least, I mean, like, at least her parents are still alive. Right. They were able to be reunited. I love that. Yep. Who, okay, the people, if you hurt children, you. What was that? <laughs> what, what, Leo? <laughs> You're not in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get some airflow in my apartment. And my neighbors are, neighbors are letting me down right now. Okay, so people that hurt children. Are and I, I'm gonna kind of paraphrase one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movies. Are 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 pond scum, like lower? They're the fungus yeah. that feeds on pond scum. That's a really good way to put that. Or and like so, and somebody and, stole her, stole her, and then sold her for five hundred dollars. I mean, lower. They're the pus a that baby. infects the meat. The crud that cruds up the fungus that feeds on the pond scum, <laughs> like and then just to sell her on the street for five hundred dollars. How many and to have sold her away from a family who fucking loved her and would have given her like the best upbringing? They sold her away from that into like an abusive, neglectful home life. But like. How many kids did they do that to? Like, right? If they're talking about like babies are coming and going every weekend, and they're always different babies, that's just awful. So yeah, fifty-one years gets to meet her actual family. Oh my gosh, fucking amazing! And that's it. That's the show. Well, I need, I need, I need. Do you have any good news? Because I need more. <laughs> I need um, something. Uh, oh, I just went to Dallas. I just got back from Dallas. And went yeah, you're, for, you're all over the place. I went for a work conference. My job um, teamed up with another laser company. He's our friend, Will, who's amazing also. And we teamed up with him and we put on a laser conference. It was our second one. First one was out in Sacramento and the second one was in Dallas. And it was so much fun. It was like really, really a good time. I'm so proud of you. 
It's exhausting, like, but it was amazing. Like in the time that I've known you, you have grown so much. And I'm going to cry because I'm just that kind of person. And I'm going to make some me really, cry. Stop. I'm going to say some really <laughs> sweet things. Okay. Because <sighs> you, you have to. <laughs> I do. Because you, you need to hear it first and foremost. You need it. You first impression was just this crazy spirited ball of fun. And you're still that very much so. But you have turned into like this responsible adult <laughs> and and I'm so proud of you you have oh. <laughs> a kick-ass job you are doing wonderful things for other people constantly I saw you dressed up as Barney don't try to hide that <laughs> um you are and I say this all the time you are a fucking shining bright light in everybody's life and I am so fucking proud of you and love you so goddamn much. Really? <laughs> I told you. I told you I was going to love bomb you in all the right ways. Oh my god. And you just set me up for it. I am so honored to know you and be one of your friends that I am just I will gladly just be a cheerleader for you for the rest of our lives. I don't know what to do with this right now. <laughs> You take it. <laughs> you take it. You deserve it. You deserve everybody to tell you how awesome you are every single fucking day. I love you. I love you. You're very, you're very sweet to me. I'm crying. I'm crying so much tonight. <laughs> look, look. The first night I met you, I should have known how fucking awesome you were. I should have. And I did. I'm sure I did. I had a lot going on that night. <laughs> it was an intense night. It was a very intense night. And and you, I am so glad that this is this this friendship started, blossomed, and is what it is. And you are one of my all-time favorite people. It is a hundred percent mutual. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. I'm glad, I, I, I'm glad you all got to hear that. <laughs> Ah, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cry and eat an ice cream bar. I think <laughs> that's my girl. <laughs> um, this has been the morning report. The morning <laughs> report. I can't even sing it because I'm gonna cry too. <laughs> hey, mourners. That's Lily. That's Crystal, and we are the, the morning. <laughs> Mourners, that's Lily. That's Crystal, and we are the Morning the Report. Morning Report. <laughs> hey, Mourners, that's Lily. That's Crystal, and we are the Morning, the morning Report. Morning Report. <laughs> it's not hard. What is it's wrong hard. with us? Okay. 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 okay.